it is rare to be able to compete for prize money as an amateur pickleball player. But the World Pickleball Tour has cash prizes. It is only one of the ways Alex Horn, Ben Harrison, and Jacob Taylor from the WPT make their events player-friendly. So, let's get to the intro to hear more about it. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast. I have to admit, I'm interviewing three people, which I've never done, but I do have three people from the World Pickleball Tour or the WPT. I've got Alex Horn, Ben Harrison, and Jacob Taylor. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us on. Yeah, Lynn, we're really excited to be here and speaking with you this afternoon. Thanks again. Thanks, Lynn. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. I'm not sure who wants to answer this question, but I am curious how you guys all started playing pickleball. Yeah, and this is Jacob jumping in for that one. I think I'll take the responsibility of this one. I think uh, the World Pickleball Tour's origins are, are fairly humble. We Our background is in event marketing. And our background is then kind of throwing live events from a lot of different categories, collegiate sports and professional sports and for brands and marketing companies. And COVID was not extremely kind to our industry. And uh, we were looking at, at getting involved in something that felt a little more authentic to us and, and that we felt had a pretty big future. And we uh, started looking at pickleball tournaments. And, and I played tennis in high school and we're all been athletic. And as we've all aged a little bit, pickleball became a sport that we all kind of gravitated toward. The World Pickleball Tour kind of started as us understanding kind of the growth of the sport and then a lot of our interest aligning here professionally from the live events background. So I think that's a pretty <laughs> decent look at how we started. Yeah. Now, I know there's a number of companies and organizations that run tournaments. What makes the WPT different? Yeah, I think immediately you should know that the WPT behaves as a strictly non-pro and amateur competitive experience. So looking at it from our own from our own peer view and, and, and others, you know, we felt that the market or at least that the country was lacking organized, I think, experience that from the, from the amateur and non-pro side. And I think that when you look at the PPA or the APP as the cater to pros, we really just felt that a lot of the same experiences from the level of competitiveness, the, the professionalism really could translate to, to just having an amateur and, and, and non-pro series. So I think that's the first thing that really kind of differentiates us along the way. And then I'd say that we are a strictly, I would say, player fan focused. So not only are we organizing tournaments for, for non-pro players, we offer cash prizes, which is absolutely extremely uncommon in, in the amateur space. And we go to markets today that are probably a little more underserved. I think we see a lot of Southern Florida, the Southwest, the Northwest being a big place for competitive pickleball tournaments today. But you'll see us in you know, Richmond, Knoxville, Louisville, Kentucky. And we're still in the Sanibel Islands and the Palm Springs of the world. But I think that we were big focused on going to some places that today are, are underserved in the competitive space for non-pros. Now, I know you mentioned cash prizes and anybody who plays tournaments would love to, to earn a little money or, or get a little money on the side. Tell me a little bit about how that's structured in terms of the payouts, because like you said, it's these are not pro events. This is for amateurs. And I know having competed in racquetball tournaments for many years, it was a little it was nice to get some cash when I won to kind of offset my costs. Yeah. Hey, this has been so far with just our first couple of tournaments, the biggest differentiator 
between us and like those, you know, bigger fish like APP or PPA, for instance, is that catering towards the amateurs and the cash payouts. So like we work closely with pickleballtournaments.com for their staffing. And then the biggest thing that I've heard on site is they just mentioned like, hey, look what WPT is doing at the amateur level. We're doing payouts at the amateur level. And we offer normally the skill levels of 3.0 to 5.0. So amateurs all the way up to borderline pro. But it's an opportunity for them to stand on the award ceremony pedestal, hold up a giant check, receive cash afterwards, and still get their awards medal. We hire a photographer for all of our events, and they get an opportunity to kind of browse through our gallery post-event and pick out the photos that they are featured in. So really catering towards the amateurs and putting them in a position where they kind of feel like a pro. And it's an exclusive event for them. So our first couple of events, we did like a, I think it was a $10,000 cash purse. A couple other ones, we did a $5,000 cash purse. And really that's just kind of divvied up amongst the amount of brackets and skill levels and age groups that we have for each particular tournament. So we just try and divide it up um, evenly and make sure everyone has an opportunity to, to win some cash. Now, that's really not a bad cash amount. I mean, 10K is nothing, not a small amount. So that's great to hear that you're able to do that. One of the things too that you mentioned as you were talking is that you've got a relationship with pickleballtournaments.com. Are are they helping you? How are they helping you manage the tournaments and kind of run the events? Yeah, and I'm sure Ben wants to steal a little bit of time for this one, but this is Jacob again. Look, I think what pickleballtournaments.com lets us do is it not only adds credibility to the events, but it allows us to immediately get the pickleball tournaments running the way that you might attend a pro event and, and, and get the same experience and, and maturity and, and outline that you might get at those events that, that you don't get today in the amateur experience without them. So I think for the same guys who are running these large tournaments and, and tournament directors, we have them on site at our events and, and, and they're the same background. So yeah, today we utilize pickleball tournaments and, and their staff as a way to help us be tournament directors and, and, and add some experience to, to the team. But yeah, I think we mostly use them to add, I, I think, a, a real validation to, to what we're doing. Ben, I think you, you work on site with these guys. Yeah, we hire them for their staffing services probably in two capacities, one being registration services and also like customer service. So we'll open up a tournament probably 90 days uh, before the event date and then lean on them for any customer service, like questions that come into our inboxes. How do we want to structure the parameters of each tournament? What might make sense? Because each tournament is different with the amount of courts, the amount of hours, the amount of days that we might get. So leaning on their expertise to kind of set up the tournament. And then again, that kind of customer service role. But then a big portion of that is the on-site desk operation. So They'll help us run all of the operations, set up all the brackets. They're behind a desk and a computer. Really, the biggest complaint that I've heard from other tournaments is just like the timing. Players will play in one match and then they're sitting around for two hours doing nothing and an opportunity to like cool down, which they don't want. They want that flow of like, hey, I'm playing one match and then pop right into another So we lean on them for the operations to make sure that timing is really smooth. We're maximizing all of our opportunities on all of the courts that we have available. 
And they're basically running the tournament for us. And then we'll be on site as well, making sure that sponsors have everything that they need. If there's a fire drill, a fire to put out here and there, working on like our swag bags for players, things like that. But we lean on them heavily on site to really to make sure the operations are running smooth. Yeah, we just want to take best practices of the tournaments all across the country and make sure that we're at the forefront of that trend. I think the sport's evolving so fast and, and, and growing and there's rule changes, those type of things that are happening at a fast pace. And yeah, I think we just want to make sure that the PT allows us to, to really just stay in, in, in the, 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 the best practices that are offered in the pickleball tournament space today. And I think that's what our amateurs and non-pros are, are really looking for. Yeah. Now, I believe that the tournaments you run are unsanctioned tournaments, meaning you do not need to be a member of the USA Pickleball Association to participate. Are all your tournaments like that? And why do you choose to go that route? Yeah, look, today, you're right. Our tournaments are are planned to continue to be unsanctioned. I, I would say that, you know, why we do that? One, it's not a requirement to, to throw a pickleball event with cash prizes and this type of experience and be sanctioned at the same. Today, we have other priorities in, in the business and, and with the tour that sanctioning the, the tournaments don't exactly kind of, kind of gravitate to the top there. I think we're seeing our tournaments sell out in, 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 you know, in preparation for tournament kind of deadlines. We're throwing an event right now in Savannah, Georgia, in the 1st of March, 4th and March 6th. And we're at capacity across, across our business. And so there's obviously an interest level and a desire for players to get involved. And, and having a sanctioned tournament today is not a requirement to, to meet that interest. Now, we're constantly evolving, and I think we'll see where our, our, our demand looks. But you know, maybe there's a situation down the line where we have sanctions in, in some environments and some we don't, and, and we look to the player to tell us what they're what desiring. But today, our interest is to the roof, and, and, and being sanctioned hasn't been something that people are beating our door about. And I, and I think that there's a, definitely a player demo out there for us with that's meeting our need and it has interest level of our tournaments even without us being being sanctioned so yeah hopefully that kind of gives you a clear answer of kind of where we've been strategizing today you mentioned that you've got an upcoming tournament in savannah georgia how yeah. many tournaments have you run so far and what do you have planned for 2022 yeah, we've got an additional 25 to 27 tournaments here in 2022. We've put two in the books already for 2022, one in, in Palm Springs and, and one in Sanibel Island. Ben Harrison here being our champion for both those. And then last year we were in uh, Vegas and we were in Columbus, Ohio. So a, a considerable amount more of tournaments this year than, than we did last year. Yeah, I think a, all these cities are welcoming us and, and all these venues are, are having us out. And we're not only a, bring an event to this market, but we're getting a chance to cater to the locals that are in this market and get a lot to the kind of players. So yeah, we've got a pretty big, pretty big calendar list for this year. I'll just add a, a little plug. If any listeners wanted to see if there was you know, a market nearby them, they can go to our website, which is WPTEvents.com and just see like a laundry list of all of our events for this year. And then we're even booking some already for next year in 2023. We're being aggressive about it and and looking forward to it so we have events spread all across the country and then ambitions to even get outside the u.s you know hence our name world pickleball tour so taking baby steps in in that regard but i think we'll get there eventually but creating this model where we're having best practices and listening to players we even do like a survey after each tournament and get player feedback which is really nice but yeah you can go to that website wptevents.com and check out all of our tournaments that are booked 
You mentioned two tournaments in 2021, and those are very different places, Columbus versus Las Vegas. How is it that you choose the cities? I, I would say it's, it's not rocket science from our end today, but I think you know, it's, I, I like to say it's more of a balloon game at the, at the Carnival Fair. We're based in Columbus, Ohio, so I'd say that's the first thing. Why Columbus is a market that we're interested in, and, and we know there's a good pickleball base. But uh, look, we're looking for large enough markets where the tournament can be supported. I think in, in a lot of our scenarios, you know, we've got somewhere between a couple hundred players at a tournament. So we want to go somewhere we can meet the, the the kind of capacity needs to bring our cash prize purse. We're also looking for cities, even though you might think Las Vegas has maybe glitz and glamour, I think we're looking for markets that are potentially underserved, you know, or at least haven't been looked at from the from the, from the amateur space in, in this right. And so it has to meet not only our capacity needs, it's got to meet up a bandwidth need from us. It's got to meet a, a market from a, does it have a pickable interest already? And then does it have a venue that we can go to? I think that probably dictates a, um, a big part of, of where we land up. Does it have enough courts to support the type of play and the type of game that we want to do? So I think there's a, a, a lot of environments that help us do that. But I think that's what makes us special on the non-pro side. We can be in these big markets like, like Las Vegas or, or Miami or in Southern California, but also go and, and work inside Knoxville and Grand Rapids and, and Columbus, Ohio. So uh, a lot of factors. But uh, yeah, I think if we can get our tournament series large enough, I, I think you'd see us in a lot of levels of cities. Do you also have people who are reaching out to you because they have a venue or they're in a kind of a underserved market, as you mentioned, and they want you to hold a tournament there? Has that happened? Yeah, we've had some inbound inquiries. The pickleball and tennis community can be a pretty tight-knit community where they talk and they're like, hey, we had a great experience with the WPT. Maybe look at our, our sister community over here in this other market. So yeah, it's been good to have good experiences and not burning bridges at the facility level. And they can kind of give us a reference for potentially where to go to next. Now, how do you actually get the word out about your tournaments? Because it sounds like it's probably a little bit at this point, few and far between people approaching you to run a tournament in a particular location. So if you're doing something outside the Columbus area, how do you how do you get the word out? Yeah, Lynn, this is Alex Horn. I think originally it was relying on the appeal of pickleballtournaments.com as kind of an arbiter for everything that was related to any type of pickleball tournament, all the way from the APP down, entities who are organizing events for pickleball amateurs or pros are utilizing that platform. So I think that was kind of the first plug for us to kind of get our tournaments listed. Ben got all of those events up there for 2022 and being able to rely on that audience that was already captive within that website and that we're constantly checking that. Then we launched our Facebook page and shortly thereafter, we got onto Instagram. Um, as well. Our Instagram channel has grown significantly over the last 30 to 45 days since we kind of kicked off our 2022 tour. Uh, we're approaching about 1,400 followers and we're going to keep growing. So we also do a lot of different grassroots campaigning within Facebook. Ben alluded to how tight knit this community can be. So not only do we kind of do some crowdsourcing, right, and pay attention to what people are talking about on message boards on Facebook or online in general, we get into those groups and we promote our events and uh, give people an opportunity to be aware of them, whether it's from a social media post or it's kind of talking to people through their own public Facebook group that, that we become a member of. So 
we, we go all the way down to the bottom, really, to try to spread the word because our mission or what we strive to do is grow the game and reach as many people as possible at that level. So we kind of have to meet them where they are. So it's a tandem effort across a lot of different platforms, along with our website. We have a running blog. Uh, we've got tournament photos. We've got our tournament listing. Just trying to create a, a congruous effort into the space to be where the people are, be where the players are, and and get them aware of our tournaments. And with our turnout so far, I think that strategy or collection of strategies has been effective. Definitely mentioned a couple times during the podcast that you cater to the amateur player. I'm curious as to who's attending these tournaments. Is it kind of the traditional group where pickleball started and became very popular, maybe the 50 and over crowd, or is it starting to kind of trend towards that younger age group now? I don't know if it's trending one way or another. I think at all of our events, we've got quite the demand in our, in our group. We obviously offer from 3.0 to 5.0, and then I'll have you kind of jump in a little bit here in a second as you've been on site for all of our tournaments. But yeah, I'd say that uh, a number of, of players, we have to remind ourselves here, Lynn, that this might be their first competitive experience in this type of right in the pickleball space. They might have they might have been coached already, clinic, played with their friends, and now they feel like they're at a level where they can go compete competitively. So there's a lot of different kind of levels of experiences of play that, that they get involved in, in our tournament. But I'd say that like most tournaments, there's definitely a, a, an age kind of look uh, where pickleball started, which is a little bit of the senior crowd. But, but I think that we're definitely trending younger in a couple of environments, but I don't think it's really, I don't think our focus today is to be an ageist in that sense. I I think if you played a certain category and it's your self-governed, we, we want to have you involved. So I, I would say, though, in the future, there's definitely some plans here where we might create some programs or certain competitive experiences that might tailor to a very specific narrow group where you might see us down the line, Lynn, <laughs> plugging a youth-only tournament or a senior-only tournament. But, you know, those plans haven't been made today. But, yeah, I think today the spectrum is really wide, and I think we get a diversity from a lot of different players. So, uh, Ben, does that feel right from your experience? Yeah, I'd also just add that when we set up our tournaments uh, through pickleballtournaments.com, we set the minimum age at 18 years old. Now, I'm on a lot of emails from inbound people asking questions and so forth from the customer service standpoint. And there's a lot of folks saying like, hey, I'd love to play like with my kid since since pickleball is such a great cross-generational sport, but my kid's like 15 years old. So we'll have to come back and like look at like the legal aspect of it and be like, all right, do we feel comfortable with like a 15-year-old competing in our tournament? And so far, we've made an exception for those kids to be included in our tournament. So we've had kids as young as uh, 15 years old playing with his dad and maybe even the, the grandfather competing in the tournament as well. Because like I said, it's such a big cross-generational sport. And that's one of the things that we love about it. In talking with Alex a little bit earlier, I thought there was something really cool that you had mentioned, Alex, that I think you had a, a tournament probably in the Dallas, Texas area. And sometimes that might be associated with the the uh, Texas OU game or the state fair. Can you tell I lived in Texas for 25 years? So that's why I'm remembering this. You know, uh, that that's just another example, I think, of sometimes the things you associate with the fan experience that you guys have. Yeah, I think that's something that as a team, we try to prioritize. Ben, we actually had a meeting earlier today, just kind of a weekly update, kind of use the phrase pickleball tourism, which um, I know that kind of exists to an extent. There's a company that does like pickleball getaways, which is awesome. They go to some really cool venues, but 
keeping that uh, spirit at the forefront of our decision-making process in different markets, when you inquire, how do you choose the cities or kind of what things do we think about from a player perspective? I think as a team, we try to uh, put that at the front of the selection process where you think about, hey, we do have families who want to come play, right? The grandfather or the father and the son or the mother and the daughter. And we've already seen that. So when you think about choosing a place down in Florida or Arizona or California or up in the Pacific Northwest or even the Northeast in the summertime is beautiful or Chicago. There's so much that you can create around that for players and we can find ways to weave that into their experience where it's kind of a getaway for a weekend for them as a competitive player or within their family. So I think that's something that's really valuable is having that spirit in our decision-making process. All right. We have definitely covered a lot of ground here today. What is the best way to reach the WPT to find out more about the tournaments? Ben or, or Alex, have you got some good contact points for people? Yeah, I would say is visit our, our main website, which again is WPTEvents.com. And again, that's a laundry list of all of our tournaments on there. There's even an email address, which is info at WPT events.com and that'll bounce right into my inbox and we can you know address any questions concerns recommendations and things of that nature so that's going to be your one-stop shop is is our website and then obviously we have social channels which alex has helped build uh facebook and instagram i believe those handles are both world at world pickleball tour is that correct yeah that's correct so you could interact with us that way as well Perfect. It was great to have you guys all on. Thank you so much, Alex, Ben, and Jacob, for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Thanks, Lynn. We appreciate it. it Thanks, fun. Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 